Welcome to you, Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. I am Brian Peacock with Matt Williamson. We are talking love hates today with fantasy pass catchers. We did quarterbacks and running backs. And uh, Matt, you and I like to. I'm going to stop you. Oh, sure. I'm sorry. Yeah, stop me. I just stop feel me a little nostalgic. That's the last time you're ever going to say that. Welcome oh, to the Lockdown NFL that's Podcast. A g- great point. Yeah, I did not think <laughs> about that. I'm going on vacation next week, so Matt is going to have some guest co-hosts. I will not be here. Then the next week, it is the Peacock and Williamson show, and we are going to simulcast Peacock and Williamson with Locked On NFL for one week. So we'll be on both channels for, uh, in two weeks, it'll be on both channels. Then September 7th, it'll be only on the new Peacock and Williamson feed. So you have to make sure you go right now and subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. If you don't know about it, Matt and I are moving on from Locked On NFL. We've got our own show now with our own names on the marquee, the Peacock and Williamson show. It's going to be much of the same, uh, maybe even better. You know, guests, we can go down some rabbit holes if we want, maybe a little bit more freedom. Uh, We don't have to hit every bit of news every single day, but we will be covering everything that we think is important on a daily basis in the NFL, just like we have here on Locked On NFL. And that's right. That's the last time I'm going to be saying those words. Welcome to Locked so On NFL. Sad. It's the end of an era. <laughs> but just want to get that out of the way. As you were saying, I'm like, boy, I'm not going to hear that ever again from BP. Oh, well. So That's on exactly to bigger right. and better things. Yep, bigger and better things. Again. Locked On NFL, by the way, will stick around. It's just going to be a new format. It's going to be much yeah. like the Locked On NBA show is, if you guys follow along with that here on the network. And it's going to be different hosts every day on the network and so it'll be a lot of fun there. So you're going to want to stay subscribed to Locked On NFL, but definitely go subscribe to the new uh, Peacock and Williamson show. And by the way, we're climbing. We're at number four now, looking at the podcast wow. charts, just that trailer alone. So thank you so much for everybody that's going out there and subscribing to the new show. We are the number four football podcast in America currently on the new feed of the Peacock and Williamson sh- show. So thank you so much for going and doing that for us. Well done, practice squad. Keep it up. Absolutely. So a little love-hate with pass catchers today, according to Matthew Barry, and we like to highlight good work that's done uh, around the NFL world here on the show. And another one of our favorites at The Athletic, uh, Shiel Kapadia, who has an interesting article about ranking last year's playoff teams who are most likely to miss out in 2020. He also did one on teams that did not make the playoffs last year that are most likely to jump back into the playoff mix. So we will get into some of that on today's show as well. The biggest news, though, first around the league, and this one kind of blindsided me here, and it sounds like it blindsided Ron Rivera. He said he was stunned and even angry at first because he feels like he's in the best shape he's ever been. That is Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera, who was diagnosed with what he says is, quote, a very treatable and very curable form of lymph node cancer. Well, first of all, I mean, my Heart goes out to him and him and his family and loved ones and all his acquaintances and all those things. Of course. I mean, obviously. But, and I don't know <laughs> what the most treatable kind of cancer is. I yeah, mean, not good still. He got the good cancer. Well, I don't think that it really exists. You know, I mean, so, uh, but I'm here to more talk football, obviously. And I wish him the best and everyone. He's a very well-respected and loved guy. Um, but... One thing I've really noticed with this organization is he comes in as a new coach and out with the old, and he's really been the spokesperson for like the entire organization 
through the whole, you know, team name Redskins controversy and all that. He's doing the talking and doing non-football things, almost acting like the the team president. And I know they hired a new someone else there too, but he's had a lot on his plate in terms of trying to bring this organization back to average or back to back to respectability on and off the field. So if this cuts into his workday or his time in any way, I mean, this obviously is a bad thing. Of course, he has cancer. It's a terrible thing. But it's an organization that can't afford any other hardships or hurdles. No, the one guy the organization can't afford to lose right now. And I mean, throw more on Ron Rivera's plate with all he's had to deal with so far after taking that job. In Washington, yeah. I mean, what a wild situation over there. And by the way, I want to drive some of our listeners over to Chris Russell's podcast. He's the host of the Locked On Washington football team. They're waiting on a new name for that podcast, just like uh, fans are waiting for a new name for that team in Washington. Uh, he's got all of it covered over there, so he'll go deeper into Ron Rivera, what his situation looks like, the Alex Smith comeback, the name change. Uh, he did sit down with the team president of the Washington football team this week as well on Locked On Washington football team. So go check that out. Chris doing a great job over there. I just wanted to mention that Uh, one quick note though, with Ron Rivera, he did say he plans to continue coaching, but they do have a plan B in place in case maybe he can't. Hmm. Yeah. I was thinking that in the back of my head and I almost didn't want to mention it. I was like, I wonder if he hangs it up or I I don't want to say what if they're two and eight and man, this is too much and stress and I'm going to hang it up or one and done, you know, like, is he going to be a long-term answer for them as the head coach who knows and i'm not surprised with ron rivera's personality that he's like nope i'm gonna keep coaching and i'm gonna i'm gonna blow this i'm gonna blow through this is not gonna be a problem and you know um sometimes life has other ideas but yeah definitely thoughts over there with yeah definitely rooting for ron rivera there and hopefully just turning around that whole ship a lot put on ron rivera's shoulders right now in washington yeah it's like turning around a battleship though i mean it's it's a slow moving turn Matt, any other reports around camps that are high priority for you right now? Not seeing anything. People aren't big. allowed to report and, a lot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one too. Uh, but if no, nothing pressing, I think we should jump into some love hate and then check in on some playoff football teams from last year, some non-playoff teams, and how things might be different this year. Works for me. Did y'all know that Built Bars are back? They're restocked. We sold them out of Built Bars, uh, but they're back. New look wrapper, but same. 12 original delicious flavors, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I love the peanut butter, but you can get coconut almond. You can get toffee almond. They've got orange, double chocolate. If you are a chocolate lover, mint brownie is a great flavor. Bill Bar is great for the health conscious guy. Uh, It's good for the guy or gal that wants to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The key is that Bill Bars are low calorie, low sugar High protein, high fiber, even great for keto diets. Some new flavors as well from Built Bar Cookies and Cream, Carrot Cake, Caramel Brownie, Lemon Almond Cheesecake. The new Cookies and Cream flavor, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with 4 grams of net carbs and 17 grams of protein. And of course, a special offer for our listeners, Built Bar, by the way, has reset the promo code for this relaunch. So if you've used the promo code in the past, it's still going to work for you right now. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. 
Matt, I think you and I are completely on board with Matthew Barry, your former colleague at ESPN, with his first love pass catcher here. And he's got tight ends and, and wide receivers together. One group of pass catchers earlier this week. Go check it out if you want to hear us talk about his love-hates with running backs and quarterbacks. Allen Robinson, one of my favorite wide receivers in the NFL. He legitimately could lead the league in receptions this year. He wasn't far off even last year if Michael Thomas didn't put such a crazy number out there. Um, And maybe a little uptick if Nick Foles wins the job or even a slightly better Trubisky. I mean, we could see even more from Allen Robinson, who's already one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and probably doesn't get enough credit. No, I 100% agree. I think we ended yesterday's show, if I recall, saying... He might be the most underrated football player in the whole league. You know, I mean, I think he's one of the best receivers in the league. Never thought of in that light. You know, he goes from Hackenberg to Bortles to Trubisky and maybe Foles is better, but it's not exactly Brett Favre. Um, and to the quarterback play, I will give Trubisky a little bit of a pass. I mean, I thought his final month of the year was a little better. I mean, I'm not a big fan, but I, I think he was a little healthier. He ran more. He played a little better down the stretch. But he's not going to have great quarterback play again. We know this. He's going to get a ton of targets, though. The rest of that offense is pretty blah. And I also wrote an article recently for Pro Football Network. I think it goes up today of my most um, my sleeper wide receivers. I think Anthony Miller is going to have a nice year, too, is their number two option. Oh, okay. Yeah, Anthony Miller's kind of falling off the radar a little bit in Chicago mm-hmm. there. And it's a name you forget about. Uh, one of the names on here that it was, it was Anthony Miller and Michael Gallup were similar prospects coming yeah. out of college. Matthew Barry has Michael Gallup on his list for the Cowboys. For me, Michael Gallup, I love as a player. Uh, and there was, I, I don't remember who had the report, but somebody out of Cowboys camp said he's a number one wide receiver type, Michael Gallup. I wouldn't go that far, but I like, Michael Gallup on the field. I don't know if I like him for fantasy purposes, just because there's a lot of mouths to feed in Dallas. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, if, I'm sure you'd love to have him on the Niners right now. You know, like he's yes. a very good football player, only getting better. And a big thing Matthew does is he'll give you a player A and he tells you the stats, player B and he tells you the stats. And Gallup and Cooper's stats aren't all that different. And it's a great way of looking at it. I'm with you, though. I mean, for fantasy, I don't want any of the Cowboys receivers. I mean, in the real world, I think Amari Cooper's a little bit overrated, and it wouldn't shock me if Lamb and Gallup continue to play really, really well, that they maybe get out of the Cooper contract a couple years down the road just for cap space, give it to Dak or whatever. Um, And it also wouldn't shock me. It sounds like I'm cutting on Amari Cooper. I don't mean to be that either Gallup or Lamb ends up as the Cowboys' best receiver in 2021 or so. But I would have a really hard time starting him in fantasy right now. I just think that there's not enough balls to go around. That's a great point. Here's another name, Robert Woods. And I, I'm i split on the Rams because I don't know exactly what they're going to look like on offense. I like Robert Woods. He's kind of flown under the radar. I like Cooper Cup. I don't know which one I like more. I don't know which one I would be targeting in fantasy leagues. But Matthew Barry loves Robert Woods. I like Woods, too. I never end up with this guy on my team. It's always like the least sexy pick in your draft. Somebody who takes Woods, you're like, oh, okay, he's yeah. a solid wide receiver. <laughs> you never get super mad, even though, even if you're targeting Woods, you're not super mad when someone else snaps no. him in front of you. And no, you don't put the sticker up and people are like, oh, I was about to take yeah. it. You know, like, <laughs> right. he's never that guy. 
But there are some things that you mentioned Woods versus Cup. I think Cup's a good player, don't get me wrong. But there was a lot of times last year, and I know that injuries had something to do with it with Cup too, that when they went to 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field, Cups often came off the field and they would have Woods and Reynolds out there. I mean, just for the speed, deep threat factor, if you're going to get heavier with your personnel. I don't think that bodes super well for Cup. And I think Cup needs to be schemed up a little bit more. So I prefer Woods of the two. I wouldn't go so far as to say I love him, though, like Matthew does. And it's interesting that Los Angeles drafted Van Jefferson, who Mm -hmm. the guy I comped him to was Robert Woods. So more of the same there. Uh, in Los Angeles, so Cup, Woods, Van Jefferson, you've got guys who can get open, guys who can catch the ball, chain movers, not necessarily, you know, wow-type athletes and super explosive guys, but um, I think receivers that Jared Goff can count on. We'll see how the ball is spread around, but kind of surprising, Woods was the 13th best wide receiver in fantasy points per game over the last two seasons, and so, uh, yeah, he's Mm -hmm. going right now uh, around the sixth-round wide receiver 20, according to Matthew Barry. So yeah, I mean it's a it's a deal. It's a bargain wide receiver that most people aren't targeting, which is yeah, why he's and a lot. I'm sorry, a lot of people talk about McVeigh's system and a, a trait that they want from those receivers, including Jefferson, who's a son of a coach, is smarts, football intelligence. He needs guys to run the route they're supposed to run the way they run it, and his scheme will do the rest. And that's what they have in these guys. They're not wow players on their own. A couple of rookie or a couple of rookies from last year, second year players on the list. Uh, a guy who's on everybody's list, probably including yours and mine, Matt, and that is Marquise Brown from the Ravens, and then a Terry McLaurin who had an awesome rookie season. I don't know how much more to expect from him in Washington, but Terry McLaurin also makes the list. I don't think McLaurin's the slightest bit fluky. I, I think he is and will be a star, like a top ten wide Oof. receiver over the next five years type of guy. Like, and not that he's like just scratching the surface. I mean, I think he's already dug in and the world was keying on him and it didn't matter. I think he's going to be a star. Marquise Brown, all the reports are glowing and there's a lot of ability there. And something I was talking about with him is like, he didn't run this combine because he had an injury and he played last year through that injury. And that makes you think, wow, what am I, I can't wait to see what a hundred percent of Marquise Brown looks like. We saw some of it at Oklahoma He's more than just a Ted Ginn, Deshaun Jackson guy. He can run a full route tree. But then I think, is he always going to have something? <laughs> you know, is, it, is he always going to have a hammy or a foot? Or, you know, I mean, just is he built for this league or is he going to be John Ross? Man, th- just seeing the flashes of Marquise Brown and seeing what they yeah. have at receiver in Baltimore, like just, and just, just the, the slightest bit of uptick, which is going to happen, and maybe it's a much larger uptick with Lamar Jackson's passing efficiency. I mean, I just think he's going to, because his arm is too good and he's too smart and he's just too good of a football player. He's going to get better and better as a passer, and maybe he'll run less, you know, as far as fantasy purposes. But his pass catchers are, someone's going to blow up there as far as a receiver, and Marquise Brown just fits so well, buying time in the pocket, then him getting loose and these big plays. Uh, I love Marquise Brown, and it's really hard for him to go as high as he should be right now. And they're tight end Mark Andrews, by the way, as well, because he didn't have a full season. I, he, I, he'd probably be my third tight end right now after uh, maybe fourth after, um, after Ertz, but I, I might even draft. I mean, I'm more likely to have Mark Andrews than Zach Ertz. Let me put it that way on my fantasy team because of where he's going. Yeah. I prefer Andrews to Ertz. And 
Um, not by leaps and bounds. I just think Dallas Goddard is a, a bit of a hindrance to Hurts. Mm-hmm. And Andrews, I think he's just scratching the surface. He's perfect for this offense. Jackson really thrives in throwing the ball in the middle of the field. Well, that's you know right in Andrews' neighborhood. He can really run. So it sounds like we agree. Everybody in that offense can run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it sounds like we agree quite a bit with the pass catchers, more so than quarterbacks and running backs with Matthew Barry here. The last one he lists is former Ravens tight end Hayden Hurst, now with the Falcons. Yeah, that one I don't love. I mean, for where he's going in fantasy drafts, I probably won't end up with him. Um, he goes from the team that threw the ball the least to the team that threw the ball the most. And obviously Austin Hooper did fine in that role. But I don't know that there's a real high ceiling with Hurst. I mean, I know he was a former first-round pick, but I don't see special athletic traits. You know, like I'd rather roll the dice on Chris Herndon, Johnu Smith, a little bit later in the draft to break out who have more upside Irv Smith guys like that. I'm going to throw some names out there of players that I like that, that aren't really listed here and not getting a lot of credit. And we're talking sleepers and later in drafts. And I don't know if any of these names are on your sleeper wide receiver list that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, or you might talk about without me next week, but Alan Lazard for the Packers right now. He, he comes in as a clear number two, I think. Aaron Rodgers loves the guy, which is the key, is if Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback, who's an all-time great, is going to pepper you with targets, give me that all day long. You don't have to pay a lot for Alan Lazard. I mean, obviously, Devontae uh, Adams is the guy there, but I like Alan Lazard quite a bit, and I'm trying to figure out if there's a receiver in New York with the Jets to draft. I kind of liked Mims, but he's got a hamstring, so it's going to be tough for him to... Uh, workout so Bashad Perriman um, uh, I just I, I don't know someone's got to catch some passes with the Jets uh, that's a good conversation and I think we mentioned in the Gallup conversation I like him better for real life than fantasy well Lazard's the opposite to me I mean the opportunity is yep. great I don't think any of the people around him besides obviously Devontae Adams are going to beat him out I mean I think he's going to be on the field all the time often against single coverage and I don't think he's a great player. He's kind of a loper, but Rodgers likes him. Situation's awesome. He's going to catch a lot of balls and probably a fair amount of touchdowns too. So again, I like him better for fantasy than I do real life. The Jets, Jamison Crowder, Crowder is yeah. the, the Michelob Ultra version of that Robert Woods conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, I was just nobody say that. cares when you take him off the board. Yeah, But he, he's going to catch balls. I mean, Adam Gase's offense, think Jarvis Landry in Miami, is very slot friendly and if they can't protect that well to go downfield Jamison Crowder is probably going to have a lot of targets and there won't be sexy ones at all and he may only score three touchdowns but PPR league I think you can start him every week and get him for next to nothing I mentioned Chris Herndon earlier I'm really warming up to taking him two rounds earlier than I should I, I every little report I get is that they are super enamored with the guy him and Darnold have hardly had the opportunity to play together in real games, and now they are. I think he has a chance to be this year's Mark Andrews. Like, I think a year from now, we might be saying, oh, my third tight end is Chris Herndon. Matt, after fantasy drafts this offseason, have you ended up with, like, seven tight ends? Because I feel like you like all of them. I love them all. <laughs> I, I, I love the joke of uh, I'm, I'm smitten, and uh, I have a, uh, a distinct... <laughs> attraction to uh, hot young tight ends. <laughs> Very nice. 
<laughs> uh, here's one I think you... Oh, by the way, a couple other names out there. DK Metcalf. I think he's the one that's going to be on all my teams because I think he's going after some other second-year wide receivers like Marquise Brown and A.J. Brown. And um, and Debo Samuel's probably going to fall now because of his injury, so he'll probably end up on my team. But I think DK Metcalf, you're talking about McLaurin. Metcalf's going to be a star in this league. I don't care if he can run a whip route from the slot. I don't care what his three-cone is. This dude's a monster, and uh, he's so good in such a match with Russell Wilson. So give me all the DK Metcalf stock. You got. I still prefer Lockett. That's a conversation at this point. You know, who do you rather have in fantasy? But I'm 100% with you. I think he's one of many second-year wide receivers that will be a star. And they use him right. I mean, I, well, yes. he doesn't do this well. Well, don't ask him to do what he doesn't do well. <laughs> right. I mean, so, and they don't. You know, they, you have him go downfield. They, they have him after the catch. I think he's a monster, too. And he's perfect with Wilson. Here's the name that Matthew Berry hates that you love, I'm pretty sure, Matt, and that is Cortland Sutton. I do. Um, I like him more for real life than fantasy, too. I, I worry that Drew Locke might be rookie year Baker, you know, did his best work against bad offenses, short, small size, sample size, struggles in year two. I don't know that there's going to be a lot of passing production in that offense. I love Jerry Judy. Um, I think Noah Fant's going to have a role. So I would have, if I was doing wide receiver ranks or wide receivers, I would take from this point going forward in the real world. Sutton might shock you how high he is, but for fantasy, not as much. Henry Ruggs makes the hate list. I'm fully on board with that because I just, you know, if you're doing a PPR league, I just don't think. And what his skills are with Derek Carr, I don't know if it's a great fit for high fantasy value, even though he could definitely pop a few for for the Raiders. And it's not, I'm not really down on, on Ruggs as a player, even though Brian Edwards is getting a lot of love there out of Raiders camp. I just don't, you know, uh, I'm just not buying stock there as far as fantasy goes. So I'm with Matthew Berry on the, on the Henry Ruggs. And really a lot of rookies, it's just going to be, it's going to be difficult this year for rookie pass catchers. Yeah, it would take a lot or somebody to really fall for me to grab a rookie. Um, I'm not super excited with Jefferson in Minnesota. Um, maybe Rager in Philadelphia would be my favorite. I, Judy mm. and Lamb, to me, aren't all that enticing. I do like the reports that Ruggs has been operating out of the slot a fair amount. I mean, I think that's a cheap way to get him some action, but in the end, I think Renfro is going to be their slot guy. Right. So I'm not sure that that's real sticky. So I'm with you I'm next year. If I am ending up with a rookie wide receiver and we'll end this segment with this, if, if I am going to end up with a rookie wide receiver on one of my fantasy teams, it's going to be either Judy, Ayuk or Rager. And I, I probably won't end up with any of them, but those would be the ones I would really actually target. Yeah. I, I should have mentioned Ayuk because there's a spot in the draft that I could be convinced of that. And it's really looking like the 49ers are trying as hard as they can to get Ayuk ready to be a starter week one, especially with Debo potentially missing the first couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, he just fits that system so well after the catch. Let's take a look at last year's playoff teams that are most likely to miss out in 2020 and the teams that didn't make it that could be in this year coming up. This is an article you sent my way, Matt, and I love it. And I love the work that uh, Sheil Capadia is doing at The Athletic. Um, last year's playoff teams that are most likely to miss out in 2020. And if you go to the article, you see a big picture of Aaron Rodgers in the Packers. <laughs> so um, yeah. that's uh, that. Here's the thing, though, with the Packers, because in the NFC North, who is the biggest competition? Because 
the one that jumps out to me, the most obvious playoff team that won't be back is the Minnesota Vikings. Agreed. hundred uh, percent agree. I mean, I've been saying this for a while that I, if there were, if the Rams were in the North or the Bucks or the Titans, I would like easily pick them to win the NFC North. I mean, but somebody has to win that division. And another team on this list is the Patriots. I kind of feel the same way about the AFC East that I'm not sure a great team is going to come out of those two divisions. And I say this a lot. My favorite long shot bet of the year is the Lions to win the North. And not because I love the Lions. I just don't like the other three teams that much at all. So if you're going to give me 800 to one or eight plus 800 for the Lions to win the North, I'm going to take a shot at it. I'm going to put a buck on it. I like um, it. You're convincing me. You're convincing me of that one with the Lions. Uh, I'm yeah, just because it's a long shot. Yeah. But it pays off well. When you got the Bears and the Vikings, who I'm down on, which is why I think that the Packers shouldn't be high on this list because I think it's a clear path for them to win the division and make the playoffs again. And I think the Packers will be better this year, actually, than they were last year, or at least not worse, which will be enough to go get in the... I mean, they were 13-3 last year, so like you know, know. their record's probably not going to be that high, but I don't think they're going to be a, a ton worse as a football team. So I, I like the Packers in the North, so I definitely wouldn't have them here. And they're ranked, so the Packers are third on this list. I'll just go through the ranking really quick. Houston Texans, one. New England Patriots, two. Green Bay Packers, three. Minnesota Vikings, four. Tennessee Titans, five. Buffalo Bills, six. Philadelphia Eagles, seven. Seattle Seahawks, eight. New Orleans Saints, 9, San Francisco 49ers, 10, Baltimore Ravens, 11, and Kansas City Chiefs, 12. So that is all 12 playoff teams from last year ranked by the most likely to miss the playoffs this year. Right, and I don't think it's even worth talking about the ones at the bottom of the list, the Ravens, the Niners, I mean, uh, those teams. One of them probably won't make it, you know. I mean, that's just how the league goes. Somebody will get hurt or something will happen, but... Um, all of us are going to pick most of those teams to go to the playoffs. I understand why Houston is the most likely to miss. And, and I think they're the third best team in that division, but there's a couple things you can't ignore is I know people laugh at Bill O'Brien and maybe he's not a good GM, but he's won that division for the last five years. And they always win eight games. Even if Matt Schaub or Brock Osweiler's his quarterback and I don't like betting against Deshaun Watson. That's a great point. The last one, betting against Deshaun Watson. And mm-hmm. I think absolutely you're right on that, Bill O'Brien. Better coach than GM, although I would probably rank the Houston Texans very high, maybe number two after yeah. the Minnesota Vikings if I were making this list. The Patriots are, are an obvious one just because you lose the GOAT at quarterback, and, and that roster is not in great shape. So if Bill Belichick's 500 or better, and I bet he is, um, I mean, you know, it's unbelievable what he would be able to do if if that's the case. The Tennessee Titans. But I don't think they can get to be the third place team in the East, though. Right. Yeah. Is Miami and New York? Because like New York's in worse shape than the than the Patriots are. Right. So their division helps them. Absolutely. It does. Um, Here's an interesting one. So the Houston Texans in the AFC South are one and the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South or five. So I got to believe on the other list, which is one of my teams that I would choose who did not make the playoffs last year that are the most likely to make it this year, even though there's going to be a lot of competition there in that division would be the Indianapolis Colts. Good point. Um, I'd like to reference this because it was about this time of year, maybe a couple weeks ago last year at this time, Andrew Luck told the team, Hey, I'm not coming back. Like 
it wasn't right after the Super Bowl. It wasn't before the draft. It was going into the season, and they had to adjust on the fly. And that is brutal. And then the second half of the year, all their receivers are banged up. Brissett really didn't have a chance to play well. He wasn't 100%. They lost a lot of games late in the game. And this year, and I respect the organization. I think they're a well-coached team, a well-constructed team. They face the league's easiest schedule, too. So with seven playoff teams going in the in both conferences, I got to think Indy's one of those seven. They've improved so much, too. They already have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. They brought in the rookie Michael Pittman and... I'm getting, I don't know if it's just the way that things are in camp. And if I, because at the beginning of camp and I saw a bunch of reports, we talked about it here on the show about how glowing reports were, especially for some rookies. And that's the, everyone's eyes are really on the rookies in training camp. There's a lot of rookie wide receivers that look like they're getting ready to be starters. And I thought it was going to be tough, especially yeah. this year with this off season. But Michael Pittman's another one that apparently Phillip Rivers is finding him early and often in practices and in camp. So maybe he will be a starter, but um, he's, he's part of the upgrades they've made there on offense. Obviously they, they pulled in uh, Jonathan Taylor as well in the second round. Uh, they added DeForest Buckner. Uh, they added some free agent power on defense as well. You got Justin Houston and I don't know how much left Xavier Rhodes has, but uh, I just a solid roster. I think they had they were you know they were in it last year, and I think they can be a lot better this year. So Colts are definitely up there, and I'm I'm not surprised that they have the Dallas Cowboys as the number one most likely team to make the playoffs. They didn't last year on this list. Yeah, I, I agree. They would be my number one as well. They're fifth in my power ranks, and I'm warming up to them more and more and more. I mean, I think the Eagles have a great shot of winning that division too. But I tend to think both those teams will go. I mean, I don't think the North is going to put two playoff teams in. And I think the East will. Dallas Cowboys 1, Colts 2, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 3, Pittsburgh Steelers 4. Those four teams, like, I'm picking to make the playoffs. So so some of the teams we talked about earlier can't make the playoffs because those four teams are getting in, in my opinion. Agreed. I mean, I don't want to harp too much on the Steelers, but... They're my third best team in the AFC right now, and I won't pick them to beat the Ravens in the division, but with three wildcard teams, I think they got a really good chance if Ben is a shell of what he used to be. Any dark horses, Matt, that we haven't talked about yet that did not make the playoffs that you see making it in 2020? Now the Lions, I, we did mention. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's that one right. jumps out to me. Yeah, that's your team. Dark horses. I mean, that's a pretty good dark horse. I mean, the that's Lions a, is your team. Horse, yeah, yeah, that's the Lions right now are your brand. So I'm sure at Williamson NFL, you're going to hear about it if uh, if the Lions go 0-3 to start the season or something like that. Because <laughs> yeah, you've definitely stamped them as your brand this offseason. Uh, maybe the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I like hmm. what the Arizona Cardinals are doing, but the West is just too strong. Um, the AFC, I would say the Chargers. The AFC West is really strong too, but I, yeah. two teams can definitely get in. So Raiders, Chargers, I think have a shot. So th those are two of the teams I like. Would you be on board with Denver? I don't think I am. I, I, I don't could. trust Locke. I mean, it depends. What are we going to see from year two Locke? If he takes a big yeah. jump, then absolutely, because I like a lot of what's going on. It might be one year behind, though. Two, 2021 exactly. for Denver. Yeah. I just have questions about Locke. I, I'm a little worried. Um, uh, of those teams, non-Chief West teams, I think the Chargers are my favorite, but that's a tough organization to bank. I mean, back. I just, I love his weapons, so he just has to be average. Because I love Judy. Hamler is lightning. I love what I've seen from him in some glimpses in camp. I like Cortland Sutton. Uh, I like what they've go got going on uh, on both fronts. So, 
Yeah, I like what Denver's going on. Locke just has to not be awful. Agreed. I mean, there's a couple of these borderline teams that the quarterback situation, and and this isn't breaking news, is obviously going to be huge in that regard. And I think Indy's one of them, too. I'm not sold on Rivers. I'm not sold on Allen in Buffalo. I'm not sold on Locke in, in Denver. But I recognize that all three of those or any of those three could easily be better than what I'm expecting. And Rivers has been good in his career, and the other two have a ton of ability. And if they take a step forward, then they're probably talking playoffs. Yeah, that's the thing. So one of those will probably be mediocre. One of those guys will probably take off and be awesome and better than Uh expected. And then one will fall flat on their face. Like maybe some of these older quarterbacks in the league, we might see somebody just completely fall off a cliff this year. And that could totally happen. Some of these young quarterbacks, everyone's expecting. And quarterback development is not a linear path. I talk about that a lot. One of those young quarterbacks is going to fall on their face as well. And so you might, are you going to end up with Watson or are you going to end up with Trubisky? That, that, these quarterbacks mm-hmm. could go in a lot of directions there. So that's going to be a fun storyline to watch this year is some of those young quarterbacks and some of the older quarterbacks. Which direction are those careers headed? Yeah, and, and of the old ones, I would say Rivers worries. If I had to put a chip down of old guy that's going to fall off the cliff, it would probably be on Rivers. His his release, I, I watched a little bit more of the Chargers from last year, and his release is always unorthodox and weird. I mean, he is really chicken winging the ball out of there. Like it's gotten worse than I remember too. So it just yeah. his arm is going to hold him back at some point. Yeah, and he's just such a. I mean, he's made a lot of bad decisions last year. Yep. I mean, just putting the ball in harm's way, and he has to play the total opposite style with the Colts, which maybe he will behind a good O line and smarten up with that stuff, but. I don't know if that's who he is. All right, Matt. I will see you in two weeks. Not quite two weeks. I'm going to be off next week. Then next Monday, you and I will kick off the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. So have fun without me here. Shutting down Locked On NFL next week with your co-hosts. And uh, Matt Williams will be talking to y'all very soon on Monday. I'll be back in two Mondays on the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show Go out there and subscribe right now. That's Brian's farewell to the podcast. I wish I had some sad outro music right now to play. <laughs> right, <the> violin. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's a happy time. I'm pumped for Peacock and Williamson. Go subscribe.